Media.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Diamond Nine. Gamezilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, producer, the Deadite Knight. Listen, you know it's your boy. We're out here talking <laughs> oh, video Lord. games all day, every day of the week, handling that E3, holding it down, getting paid. That's what we're doing. That was pretty good. I appreciate that. Thank you. What is that from? Slobby's World, man. Slobby's World. On look Netflix. it up. It's, look it up. It's dumb, but man, is, no, look is it, it up. In, it is worth entrancing. it. Entrancing. Worth it. <laughs> Welcome to episode 264 of the Games Little Podcast. This is a special episode continuing our coverage of the E3 2019 convention where we're going to talk about video games Same. and some new stuff maybe uh, maybe some updates on some things that we've been been looking forward to but we are going to uh, cover the the lull right right now normally every year we'd be sitting here and it'd be a little bit later because we'd have to wait for the for the show to be over but we'd be talking about Sony right we'd be talking about PlayStation but they decided they weren't going to show up to E3 this year Okay, that's big, fine, but we still have us. to make a show. They big leagued us. We still have to make a show, so we're going to fill it in, and we're going to cover everything in between Xbox and Nintendo. So last night, we covered Xbox. It was a great show. You know, Go listen to that podcast if you want to know everything that we thought about it and, and, and learn a bunch of cool stuff. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about Nintendo and everything that they're doing. But today, we're going to focus on some of the other presentations that took place from companies like Bethesda, Devolver Digital, and Ubisoft. No, we're not going to be talking about some other ones like, what about EA? Like, we talked about Star Wars at the, during Xbox. There's nothing really else I want to talk about when it oh, comes to EA. Oh, oh Grim, uh, how excited are you for uh, Madden 20? Uh, you know, about uh, on a scale of uh, 0 to 100, I'm about a negative 3. Yeah, what about FIFA? I guess FIFA, I'd have to give it a decent score, but I'm not going to buy it. What about Sims 4? Negative 20,000. Cool. All right. Well, that was EA. <laughs> it's not even Sims 4. It's like, well, it's like a, a an expansion of Sims 4 is what it was, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we'll talk about Apex Legends in a little bit with Season 2 and everything coming up, but we're not going to focus a ton on, on EA Play. So there you go. That was your EA Play coverage. But uh, yeah, so... We, uh, first of all, would like to thank our patrons for uh, always helping us make these shows. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our patrons at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Uh, you know, if you're feeling frisky here and enjoying the E3 covers that we're doing, all the blogs that Craig WK is putting up at GameZillaMedia.com, go ahead and throw us a few bucks. Go ahead and become a patron today. Starting at just $1 per month, you can vote when we put up polls on uh, influencing news topics here on the GameZilla podcast, and you can receive early access to things from Legend of Retro. And, of course, at the $5 level, there is the exclusive content. Uh, every month you're going to get a special show from the Legend of Retro, from Last Action Podcast, from Noiseland Arcade, and 
Uh, we even do uh, the Patreon pre-show here for the Gamezilla podcast. So go start your patronage today and help the financial success and growth of the Gamezilla podcast at patreon.com slash Gamezilla Media. All right, let's not uh, waste any time. Let's get into some E3 news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. Alexander, what about this monster story of yours? Downloading. All righty. Well, we have a lot to talk about. We're not going to necessarily go by topics, but we're going to go by publishers and developers. And the first one we're going to start with, and this is the E3 2019 show. So we're going to start with Bethesda. They started their little uh, their little artwork was a bunch of people standing next to each other. You had a dragon flying in the air with the words "Be Together," and their big focus was that that they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the gamer. Their focus was the gamer and how they are the most important aspect of video games because without them, we wouldn't have jobs. We probably wouldn't be making a podcast about video games because no one would listen to it. I'm not sure people listen to it now. Well, you know, the the analytics prove you wrong, but those could be fake. Yeah, well, I'm we probably just like typing in numbers myself and being like, yep, that number looks good. Anyways, uh, Bethesda came out and had honestly what I would say was a pretty decent show, which surprised me because right out the gate we knew, or at least we were told, and they could have been lying to us and they were going to say something anyways, but we knew that they were supposedly not going to be talking about Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield. They're two big games that everybody wants to know about. So right out the gate, that was deflating. We didn't know what was going to happen. But we did know things like Doom was going to be talked about. It had to. Uh, we figured we were going to hear about Elder Scrolls Online. We knew we'd hear something about Fallout 76. And that's just that's the standard, right? That's what you go on to expect out of Bethesda is they're going to talk about these franchises that yes are super successful for them but like I just don't care right like Fallout 76 is so far gone for me that I don't care what you're doing to change that game so I really came into this with low expectations and they really stepped up and, and had a good show the The production value was good they brought out a lot of interesting individuals from these company these uh, different developers that they're working with and Let's uh, let's dive right into probably my favorite uh, piece here is a new game from Tango Gameworks. Uh, Tango Gameworks is the creators of The Evil Within, and they are making a new game called Ghostwire Tokyo. So we don't know a whole lot about this game other than just the trailer that we saw, which didn't have gameplay in it, but it was a new action adventure slash horror in a way horror suspense um they could say it's not a survival horror but it definitely has that like you can tell that the evil within people made this game i guess is what i should say i, I would say it has a dark atmosphere dark atmosphere so the only thing we know is you're you know here's this you're this character that kind of looks like an archer that, that kind of you know has a blade, so you can kind of give him that samurai feel. But the setting is like the here and now, the current time zone. You know, you're in a mall and the camera's panning, and all of a sudden half the people disappear. Like Thanos, you know, snapped his finger all of a sudden, and so like it was really like powerful because like you're seeing this like mom like holding her child's hand, and the child's wearing like a yellow uh, rain jacket or something. 
and then it's just poof, and all of a sudden she's just holding the rain jacket, and she and you can see all these people in the mall freaking out, looking around like, oh my god, what just happened? And then they all disappear. And so, like, they really lead you down this super confusing trailer, but it's so interesting that you're like, what is going on? And uh, what do you have to say on, on Ghostwire Tokyo? You know, uh, right away, as soon as soon as they, they do the first pan where people vanish, because, the, you know, the didn't you know the camera will say pans behind like a pillar and then all of a sudden like there's clothes dropping and i was like oh it's like a biblical rapture sort of thing like like what is i was instantly pulled right in and i wanted to know what's going on and i'm saying i'm gonna be saying similar things to what i said a bit during microsoft's presentation yesterday it was a really effective trailer because a good trailer makes me want to know more and makes me want to play the game, even if it's something that where they didn't show off gameplay footage. I, I'm always a big fan of knowing what kind of game it's going to be, uh, and I, I think we could probably make you know assumptions of what this might be based on. Again, like you said, who's making it and some of the action sequences that were shown off, but the way they did this trailer, the way it was all timed and produced, I was sucked right in i go i need to know the story and i can't wait to find out what what the gameplay is going to be like to know if this is going to be a game i'm going to consider investing time into yeah the teaser was definitely everything it needed to be and the fact that they're calling it a new kind of action adventure game so when i take the teaser that that was all just driven by story and like some event that's happening I was I'm i'm 100 in i was like yes i like this and then you add the words action adventure game and i'm like yep i'm i like this also and you mash those together with something and i'm like okay this is cool the the this is the group that made the evil within which was a very cool new horror survival style game that uh you know did did do quite well out on the market and so i'm um, i'm very excited for this i can't wait to find out more but that that's all we know for now so we're going to move into the next surprising announcement, though, which was um, from the developer uh, Arcane Lions, which is your developer of the Dishonored series. They have a new IP called Deathloop. And Deathloop was another game that was like, what is this? And, you know, you watch this character wake up on an island and he's holding a piece of paper called, saying Black Reef, and he's letting everyone know this isn't paradise, it's a prison. But then, right after a couple more lines of dialogue, he makes a statement, and the opposite statement is made in a, by a voice that doesn't have a body at the moment, right? You just hear this female voice where he's saying, like, this is a prison. She follows up with, like, saying something opposite. Like, this is a paradise, yeah, I think I she lo- says. Yeah, this is a paradise. And so you start to kind of watch this trailer, and he starts wandering around, and the uh, there's chaos on this island. Like there's, it, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, We Happy Few, or just like crazy shits happening through the streets of this of this island. And he gets involved, and so he's starting to like kill people and stop them. And every time he does something, this woman shows up and tries to stop him. So his whole idea is that he has to stop this so he can break loose of what this of this time loop. And she has to stop him because it's the only way to keep the loop going is what she believes. Mm-hmm. So they're on opposite sides. They both have abilities, which is the other thing I noticed. You mm-hmm. see at one point he throws his arm out and he has some sort of like force push ability. She seems to have some sort of teleport ability. Yeah. And, you're, and they're both uh, being called assassins. 
Okay, and so they're both trained with these weapons and stuff, and they're both good at what they do, and they're fighting each other while they also are fighting the island, in a way. So, um, it's very interesting. They call it a mind-bending story with uh, meticulously designed levels, which, like Dishonored, basically means it's all about playing the way that you want to play, right? You know, you can be stealthy, you can be aggressive, you can be, and and it's going to lead to different situations within the game because of this developer, the way that they're able to build their games. And that's that's exciting, especially outside of the Dishonored franchise, which I played the original Dishonored back on PS3 and enjoyed it, but I never really got like all in when it came to the Dishonored franchise. This interests me instantly more than Dishonored ever did. So, I don't know. You know, you got a story that's going to revolve around time loops. That's about all we know. Again, very exciting. Uh, in an E3 that I think you know some um, some of our people watching uh, live on Twitch.tv or Facebook, they mentioned that a lot of the of E3 so far has been just expected, right? Like we're going to hear about Gears, we hear about Gears, we're going to hear about Halo, we hear about Halo. But where are those games that are like I've never heard that bef- of this game before? What is this? These are a couple of those games, and they both looked promising uh, to me. Yeah, I'm really excited about the when they say when they say they're meticulously crafted levels, and it's going to be a story based around time. I'm just interested to know, like, let's say you play a, a full day, and then you die and you loop back. Is it one of those where the things you do then affects the next day in the time loop? I'm so interested to see what they're going to do because I think this is is going to be. A unique story uh, and if the combat and the actual play is anything like what was shown in the trailer I think it's gonna be a really fun fast action hard-hitting game and I'm excited about Deathloop yeah and if Arcane can do one thing the the controls and just the character movement of Dishonored has always been very good so I feel like that they already have that working for this uh, for this towards this game uh, okay, next next piece from Bethesda, Doom Eternal. We knew it was coming. We knew, you know, we we know about this game. We get a release date, November twenty second. Man, that's tough. That's tough for you because you are a big Doom fan. I like Doom, but man, November is filling up with games, and uh, you know, a person like you are only going to pick one of them up, and the rest are going to have to wait. So the, Doom is definitely day one for you, right? The no, um, Doom Doom's gonna be uh, Wait, what? Not a day one? No, because so here here's how November's looking for me. Busy. If I'm lucky, tomorrow Nintendo will announce that there is a pro model of their Switch coming out, or a premium version of the Switch coming out, and I can buy a second Switch for Pokemon. So my wife has a Switch, and I have a Switch, and we both get to play Pokemon and just completely lose our lives to it. That is my dream scenario. The only way that I end up playing Star Wars, which comes out the same day as Pokemon, (laughs) is if she takes the Switch. Every waking moment that I'm at home, I don't get to play Switch. I go, well, I guess I'm going to go to Best Buy and buy Star Wars. This is where the problem comes in with Doom. I'm going to play Doom on the Switch because I really liked... Playing the first Doom on Switch, I think it's a, a really good handheld experience. It's nice to have a shooter of that high quality that I can play handheld. Uh, and I personally like using the motion control aim assist because I like playing Splatoon. Like it, it feels good. It's fun to play. 
Yeah, well, so, you're weird, but yeah. it's okay. Because uh, I'm not. I don't have good thumb dexterity. I'm, yeah. I'm bad at shooters. But you have a really nice TV at home, and you have a PS4. Oh, you don't have a pro. You no. just have a regular. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can play on. The yeah, there we go. That's yeah. the thing. The game is going to look really good on PlayStation, but I just I don't see me buying Doom and playing it on PlayStation. So it's either Star Wars and Pokemon, or just Pokemon. And Doom's going to be something I, I'm probably going to wait uh, a while and see if it ever hits on sale. We do have uh, Miggy over there on twitch.tv slash games and media saying uh, that you said the same thing about Spider-Man that, so that we should not believe you. Well, that is why in our Discord earlier today, I got I was like, well, I guess I'm never playing uh, Star Wars <laughs> because I said I was going to I said I was going to play Spider-Man when Pokemon came out and then I didn't buy it. I almost bought Spider-Man yesterday, but then I didn't. That's true. All right. Well, um, following that up, uh, so the game looked great, by the way. I mean, we got to see some of it. Uh, we got they talked about some of the upcoming um, battle modes and some of the upcoming like betas, but the big thing was November twenty second release date. So, um, and I guess they're cha- they're they're having a whole section of it at QuakeCon now, where they're calling it DoomCon. Good, because who plays Quake anymore? People. People do. Anyways. <laughs> next up is Fallout 76 getting a new free update. So here's the thing about Fallout 76, right? I've I've uh, not been nice to this game. and yeah, This it, game hasn't been nice to his players. Well, right, yeah. It was a disaster. Um, but the interesting thing is what the players have done, the players that stuck around and have, like, really created something here that's weird you know normally when you give a gamer the free reign to like hey you can do whatever you want you can go murder people if you want like a lot of times you just get trolls that just drive people crazy something's happened in vault 76 where like the people have evolved where they're playing it like npcs so like they know where new players spawn and they're bringing them food and stuff like that to start their journey and like people are acting like NPCs to because there are no NPCs in this game, right? And that was the supposedly one of the selling selling points of this game that that didn't work out. So Todd Howard was like, honestly, this gives me hope. Where if we ever had a real life apocalypse, we might be okay because of what I'm seeing happen in Fallout 76. We won't be okay, right? True, but I've been um, watching a lot of Doomsday Preppers. We're not going to be okay. But while Bethesda did acknowledge the Fallout 76 had a rough launch, and they did, you know, they did acknowledge the the feedback they got from players um, being helpful, uh, it is looking forward to the future and a much requested feature. Um, a free new update called the Wastelanders will add actual computer-controlled human NPC characters with full dialogue trees and a new main quest. So that's pretty cool. Um, they also opened up Fallout 76 for free from June 10th to the 17th, so a full week where anybody can play the game. But the, uh, the, the new patch is very interesting, and the one thing they don't note here, which I'm surprised, is that they also launched the... Um, nuclear winter um, mode which Mm -hmm. is available like now and it's a 52 player battle royale in fallout 76 nice and it looks wild it it does look wild so it it was enough where i sat back and i go damn it am i actually going to boot this game up again boot it up boot it up (laughs) i think i think i am and and uh, my so our buddy um player one miggy was like 
was like, I was thinking the same thing. I think I'm going to have to reinstall the game. So I'm like, cool, at least I'll have somebody to try this out with and either be excited or disappointed and moving on, but we'll see. But that, that was the news out of Fallout 76. Um, Elder Scrolls did get some news with um, the uh, Elder Scrolls Blades, which is your mobile game. Mm-hmm. And I know that we were not huge mobile gamers here, but this one did kind of catch my attention because they, at the very end of it, they said, oh, we have one more announcement, and it's basically called Switch Blades. And that's uh, because Elder Scrolls Blades is coming to the Nintendo Switch. And so that, uh, with Joy-Con motion controls, and it's coming out this fall, and it'll be free to play. But the reason why it caught my attention was free to play, cross-play, and cross-progression with the mobile version. So if you're already playing That's the game, cool. yeah, if you're already playing the game or you're or you want to pick it up tonight after hearing this news, you can download it, start your adventure, and when it hits the switch, you can just pick up where you, where you're at. So that's really cool. Um I don't I haven't played Elder Scrolls Blades, so I don't, you know, I don't know how much of a watered down experience it is maybe compared to a tr- traditional Elder Scrolls, but I've heard that it's not terrible and I know it's set some records for them as far as uh, mobile downloads, comparing it to like um, Fallout Shelter, but there you go. Now you can play it on mobile, and, and if you want that more of a uh, you know gaming experience with controllers, you're going to be able to have it with the Switch this fall. So, Player One Miggy again chiming in over on Twitch saying it's definitely microtransaction heavy. So be weary of that. I again, I like I said, I have not played this game, so I don't know fully, but it is interesting. Um. And that's Elder Scrolls Blades. We had Elder Scrolls Legends, the card game, getting in their next expansion on June 27th. Cool. It's called Moons of Elsewhere. Whatever. Don't play the game. I don't think you meant to give it horns. Dude, I'm lit. It's a trading card game. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you mean to give it a fart sound. Yeah, I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> Uh, Bethesda did say they are still hard at work on Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield. So um, that's basically the update we got on that. Um, we did get some updates on Elder Scrolls Online, talking about elsewhere and talking about the year of the drag or the season of the dragon and some of some of the uh, additions that they're bringing to the game. And every time, I, so I've tried to get into Elder Scrolls Online, and I play it, and then I just kind of fall out, and just it just doesn't. It just can't, <laughs> you I can't, fall out. Yeah, I can't find like that that just that character or that mission that just grabs me and causes me to go, you know, spiral into Elder Scrolls Online. Call like, it like it is. It's just not that fun. It, that's the problem. It doesn't. <laughs> there's just something about it that doesn't feel right. Anyways, every time they add something though. I just instantly go, I think I need to try this game again. And so now they're adding dragons and they're adding all these things. And I'm like, oh, man, I still ha- I still own the game. I'm like, do I fire it up? I'm like, wait, I just said I'm going to fire up Fallout 76. There's no way I can play both of these. So, like, I'm, I'm just I'm getting to that point again where I'm like, there's too many games in my life. There's too many games in my life. And that's when Wolfenstein decides to, they start to talk about Wolfenstein Youngblood. Yeah. And they show us a nice long trailer of the co-op shooter um, in which you play the uh, daughters, the twin daughters of the uh, main character, BJ. So, um, And then they drop the release of, uh, it's coming out July 26th, not that far away. 
It looks super cool. It looks fun, and it's co-op. So, like, the one thing about Wolfenstein and Doom and stuff, and I know Doom's got, like, multiplayer competitively, but the one thing about those games is that they're fun, but I always think about the fact, like, man, if I could only just, like, run with a buddy, and here it is. Like, Youngblood is that co-op, just fast-action, ridiculous shooter. And I think it'd be a lot of fun where I, we pick this up. It's not a full-price game. I think it's only, like, 30 bucks. So, it's like, you pick it up. You burn through it with your friend, and then you're done. You move on. And could, that's that type of game I'm looking for. Could be fun. It could take us back to our Army of Two Days. Yeah. It, that's that's actually one of the thoughts I had was was our Army of Two Days. So, but that that's basically it. They talked about Rage 2, some new DLC they're adding to that's it that's, that's free. The, the, and it did look cool, but I'm, I'm very anti-Rage 2 right now because of all the bugs. And then they talked about Commander Keen, which is another mobile game that... He's back! Commander Keen! Yep. The descendant of BJ Blazkowicz <laughs> from... Uh, from... Wolfenstein, we just talked about it. I looked at the name of the yeah. game. That yeah. was the original canon yep. of the job. game. You really, you really try to amp that up, but, you, but no, we're, we're done. We are <laughs> going to talk about one more thing, and then we're going to move on from Bethesda, and that is they did release some new software technology, and they, they're calling it Orion, and it is a software developed by ID and implemented at the game engine level that lets games stream with much lower latency. Ooh. So it's supposed to help players stream games at max settings, even if your family is sucking up all your bandwidth, or if you live far away from a data center, you'll be able to test it out by joining the Doom Slayer Club, and you can um, and you can give it a try. But they showed it live. A uh, guy on an Xbox 360 controller with his phone like snapped to like a little like holder. And he was running Doom at 60 frames per second on his phone. Pretty cool. And I was like, and, and at the same time, you're like, well, that's pretty impressive. And, and you're, well, you're in L.A. It's like, right, but he's also in a theater of like with thousands of people all over their mobile phone cellular services going all over the place. Maybe I don't need to buy it on Switch. Yeah. So, <sighs> so that was pretty cool to see. I like this, these technologies coming out, even you know, even from other companies that are supposed to lower that latency and help it where people with uh, lousier internet connections uh, can still game anywhere type deal, since that's the big push um, that's happening. So that was Bethesda. I thought they had a good show for mm-hmm. a show that I really didn't expect a whole lot out of. I, I was like, what do they really have to bring that they should even pay the money to have this stage? They proved me wrong, and uh, you know, good good job to them. So, with that being said, I'm going to let you cover this next one uh, because I don't norm we don't normally cover these guys because the big boys do take up so much of our time. But since Sony stepped out, Devolver Digital getting a little bit of love. Yeah, you know, I, I both of us have been a fan of what Devolver has been publishing and what they've been doing as a company for a couple of years now, and it was really cool to see them uh, do something E3 week. I don't know if they have in the past, because again, like you said, we wouldn't normally cover it, but with the uh, opportunity here, uh, I just want to talk about two of the highlights of things that were announced uh, yesterday from Devolver, and the first one, uh, holy loudness, the first one has me a little disappointed in myself that I haven't played the messenger yet because they He's announced such a fool. They announced the messenger Pacific Panic. It's a free DLC pack that uh, takes the messenger into an island setting, and it looks it's a ninja vacation. It looks really, really cool. You know, one of the opening shots is him like riding on like a skull 
jet ski it almost looks like and there's him uh, fighting an, an octopus your little ninjas fighting an octopus and when they when you you know if you haven't played the messenger uh, it is a game that switches from an 8-bit style to a 16-bit style and there's time travel involved and there's stylistic changes and it's a side-scrolling adventure uh, in the vein of Metroidvania but not quite a Metroidvania am I right on that because you've played it yeah it's <sighs> It's it's a unique game. Yeah, it's, it's a, a side scrolling action game. For yeah, sure. it's a unique game. I would probably call it more of a. Man, I guess it does have Metroidvania to it a little bit, but it's also more of just like a platformer. Yeah, but it's fun. It's great. The music's fantastic, as you could just tell, and the um, you know the the game itself is is ridiculous, and that's why I like like the this the comedy that they've that they've put into this game, and now this whole like ninja vacation. Um, a DLC hitting what July 11th is it? I think that's what they said. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's July 11th. Yes, they um, they nailed it even more so, and, and uh, I'm excited because I've pl- I played the game a ton, and I will definitely come back to it for some from some uh, DLC. Here's something that I'm really liking that's becoming a trend in some of these larger indie developers. Uh, and I think Yacht Club really started the trend in in my memory. Just throwing really nice little DLC packs out for free. Oh, hey, you want another adventure? Hey, you already spent $20 on our indie game. You believed in us. Hey, here's a couple more hours of gameplay. It's on us. Like, to me, that is uh, really nice to do for your fans. And, you know, it, it adds, it, it builds your credibility as a developer and as a publisher in my mind. Like, oh, that's really cool that I already bought this and you're not even going to charge me 3 or $5 like you could. I think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the attach rate of people downloading that DLC is much higher when it's free, and then the event, and then the advantage is someone that didn't buy the messenger, like yourself, mm-hmm. um, that sees this DLC. Now all of a sudden the messenger is back in your thoughts. Yeah. Maybe you go purchase the game now, and that's where they're going to make their you know instead of charging me the couple bucks, they got you to buy the game. Yeah. So their install base increased. It's a smart play. It's, you know, and it's the same idea of why why people like Gearbox. Added that DLC to bridge uh, Borderlands Two to Borderlands Three for free mm-hmm. last night. I know we, we covered it. I don't even think we realized it. You could literally download it last night and play it. Yeah, it was wild. So, and uh, there, so there's one other thing that that Devolver did, and uh, you know, I'm going to play the trailer here because the music's great. I believe you are talking about this because it's amazing. <laughs> Forward-thinking consumers like yourself should find their way to DevolverBootleg.com, which wholly unironically forwards to a Steam page for Devolver Bootleg. From there, potential users will have the opportunity to pay a small fee to download the Devolver Bootleg Launcher. Once the download is complete, users like you can select from a wide variety of off-brand versions of our most popular titles. Feel the delight wash over you as you and your real gamer friends enjoy titles like Enter the Gun Dungeon, Hotline Milwaukee, <laughs> Shooty Boots, Cape Out Jr., Loot Trouser 6, and many more right from the Devolver Bootleg Launcher. <laughs> now, when you first played that, I was like, is that even real? Because I know Devolver likes to like mess around. Their presentations are always ridiculous. And so I'm like, is that even real? And you're like, I'm on Steam right now. I'm about to buy it. I'm about to buy it. <laughs> Downloading on the studio computer. It was like playing. five bucks, right? Yeah. Five dollars. And you're like, man, if this was on the Switch, I'd be buy I'd be downloading it right now. And you go, and then he literally says to me, if 
you know what? I might actually buy this on Steam. And I was like, don't do that. You'll never play it. He's like, but it's so awesome. Yeah, but what if I play it for 10 minutes? I guess it's not really worth $5. Yeah, I was going to say, that's still not... It doesn't yeah. meet my value index, but... Yeah. Uh, so, you know... The the Devolver game that I do have on my Switch is Enter the Enter the Gungeon, and they have Enter the Gun Dungeon as one of the parodies. Of course, they mentioned in the trailer. My favorite. Hotline Miami. The parody is Hotline Milwaukee. <laughs> that, one's my, that one's my favorite. Ape Out Jr. looks like a mix between Ape Out and Donkey Kong Jr. Uh, Ape Out's probably their most recent release. Yep. Uh, Shooty Boots is a parody of their game Downwell, which was a mobile app Shooty game uh, that eventually made it to the Switch. Uh, Super Absolver Mini Turbo Fighting Championship is a parody of Absolver. Have you ever played Absolver? I've played Absolver, and this also is a parody at the fact that uh, Capcom can't make short-named video Correct. games. I tried playing Absolver when it was free on PS Plus. Oof. Rough. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird game. <laughs> uh, Catsylvania is a parody of uh, Gato Roboto. Yep. And, Good job. Uh, you, you, did, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. I, I want to see you do this one now. <laughs> Piku Biku Piku Biku Ball Star is parroting Piku Niku. There you go. That wasn't bad. That was it. Piku Niku. I'm job. also having a hard time with this other one. I just like is... how you held the Piku. It's buffering. My brain's buffering while it tries to figure out how to read. Uh, I appreciate it. And then it. there's Left Rorius is a parody of Left Rarius. <laughs> Good job, good uh, but, job. But, uh, you know, super clever, super funny move. Definitely is, it's one of those things that, I don't know how much time, money, or effort they put into this, but it certainly got us talking about them as a company. This and is what they do, though. Yeah, this, they're great. Every PAX, they have an amazing booth. They're they're just, they're, they give really good presentations, and they have some fun games. Like, Ape Out is a lot of fun. There are fun games, like The Messenger and stuff like that, as we've talked about. But um, the... Uh, the funny thing about this presentation, which we didn't we didn't really um, cover it, was that they completely, pretty much ripped off Nintendo Direct, and that was their that was their presentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it was a Nintendo Direct ripoff, and um, Player One Miggy again on the Twitch channel is uh, referencing it. So, but yeah, um, Devolver always has some fun games. I mean, every time I stop by their booth at PAX, there's always something new and exciting, like Katana Zero would have been their recent release yep. that uh, we've talked about. And now we have Ape Out that's, you know, that's out there, um, and the Messenger's getting that DLC. So they work with a lot of indie indie companies, uh, indie developers, and just bring some really cool stuff to, to the table. So. Um, yeah, Digital Revolver, doing doing what they do best, just being ridiculous, having fun, and people appreciate it. All right, let's move into our last uh, our last developer, our last publisher, Ubisoft. Oh, <laughs> come on! <laughs> Ubisoft took the stage today, and they uh, they had a bunch of stuff to show off, of course. And um, you know, like I guess let me get started with this where. There was good and there was bad when it came to Ubisoft. Um, I thought their show was just, it was okay. You know, like if I had, not that I've given grades out this this uh, E3, but this one would have probably been the most, this would have been the lowest for me. Um, oh, no, I take that back. EA would be the lowest. So this would be the second lowest. <laughs> the difference is I, I would Actually, no, I take I, that back. Sony's at the bottom because they didn't show up. Then you got EA and then you have Ubisoft. Let's see, the difference is from what, 
EA showed off, I'm more likely to play at least one of their games. I'll probably never play any of the games Ubisoft showed off. <laughs> there you so. go. That's fair. So let's go through this. Uh, the first thing up was the story creator mode for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So this is something interesting. Um, the Probably the most... I would say probably the most surprising thing that they announced because we weren't expecting... And, and let's just also say... A lot of Ubisoft stuff almost every year, but especially this year, gets leaked right before they, they have their presentation. So this a lot of this stuff actually got, got leaked out. But anyways, uh, it's a story creator which essentially lets you design your own quests within Assassin's Creed Odyssey using a web-based tool. So that's interesting. The, you know, I didn't watch it, so when it says using a web-based tool, does this mean I can't? Like this is for the PC version, and I can't use, I can't create stuff for the console. I'm not sure about that. You know, I'm not sure. I, I remember they said something about it. It's available to all owners of okay. Assassin's Creed, so I would assume you can log in it, and use yeah. the tools to generate and probably download it to your console. Yeah, that makes sense. This was the one piece I missed. I, I jumped into the Ubisoft uh, presentation like uh, ten minutes late, so I missed this. But anyways, um, meanwhile, the, also uh, later this fall. The game will be getting a discovery mode, uh, which looks to be identical to the um, similar mode to Assassin's Creed Origins, where you're going to kind of have a free open world discovery functionality, which is cool. If you're into these games, which these Assassin's, these last couple of Assassin's Creed's have been very good, now you're getting these extra modes, and you're getting a story creator, which that seems really cool, and I would be interested to see how people take that tool and and create things so, you know just just like how things from little big planet to to any other to minecraft and everything else where you can develop stuff it's been pretty impressive to see what these uh what these players do so um my next piece that i have is unless you had something to say about that no okay <laughs> no watchdogs legion is out next year so let me just let me just start by saying I played the very first Watch Dogs, and so because of it, not just play. You were hype as hell for the first every, Watch Dogs. First of all, everybody that had a brain was hyped as hell for Watch Dogs. You're be, right. You're right. Because they because they lied to us. <laughs> <laughs> because they lied to us badly, and then they delivered this game that just did not live up to the hype. Um, I didn't play Watch Dogs two as far as if it got better or not. I don't you know whatever, but Watch. Watchdogs Legion is the next game. And I personally, when I first heard the word Watchdogs, I was like, I don't care. Whatever. What's next? But then they started talking about it, and there are some interesting things. So we knew it was coming, but Ubisoft finally revealed the Watchdogs game, which shifts the setting to a near future um, London. And the big twist, though, is that you can assume control over virtually any character in the game. So, letting you build a diverse squad of vigilante hackers, and it uh, launches next March. So, the thing about this is that at first I was turned off by that concept because I'm like, well, then how do you build up where you care about a character, right? Because that's that's the big thing for me. Is like I need to, I need Kratos or I need Spider Man or I need somebody. And so the the assumption is that the the like narration that you we saw in the trailer is going to be the be what what kind of like drives you um, to 
through the story, through the missions and stuff like that, because you're not going to necessarily be tied to a specific character. And the idea is that you are scanning these individuals in the world, and they all have perks and stuff based around hacking and things so that you can build a team of 20 people that all give you different buffs and nerfs and things like that, allowing you to balance your team out. The one thing that did look cool is that they showed one of your characters dying, and it looks like permadeath. So, you know, because the world has so many playable characters is that if you lose someone, you lose them. And that part is interesting. It, you know, it, I'm sure Watchdog fans are excited. It definitely looks to me like the most interesting trailer of Watchdogs. I've, you know, besides the the bullshit lying one from the first one where they were going to promise us everything and then delivered nothing. Um, but not my game. I don't really care, so I can't speak too much more on it. You have anything on Watch Dogs? You know, it, it the trailer just looks so Ubisoft, and I, it just like the way that Ubisoft brands their games. It it just look it looks like one of their games. I, I I know that's not crazy to think that if they made it, it looks like something they made. Yeah. But it you have to be a fan of what they do, and if so, this is par for the course, and you'll probably like it. Yep. Uh, next, they talked about Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which we already knew about. Uh, we know it's coming out on October 4th. We knew it's that next that next game that's going to pick up right where Wildlands, Wildlands leaves off, pretty much. But we did get to see some new cinematics and, and some new gameplay. Um, but overall, it was okay. They did bring out, uh, what's his name, John uh, Bernthal, I believe is his name. Uh, mm-hmm. He, he yep. played the Punisher. He's been on Walking Dead. Um, he is your your villain um, of the of the game. So that he was on stage and basically challenging all the people in the in the audience to you know come after him and try to take him down. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, it looks good. I'm a Ghost Recon fan, so it, it's it's a game that I might play. It's not a game that I'm for sure in on. And um, you know, it's no Keanu. It what yeah see that's the thing, <laughs> and he even like had his dog out there. This is the weird. This is the weird thing they're still talking about on the internet. He had a dog there that was just laying down, and he was like, "This is um, I forgot his name. Sorry with a B, but anyways, like he had his dog there, and it looked a lot like John Wick's dog from the movies, and it was just laying there. And you're like, oh, they're gonna cut to like a scene where the dog's in the game. They never do. <laughs> I think John just brought his dog, and was like, he's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll do your show if my dog can lay next to me." I don't know yet. We still don't know, but I really hope there's no dog in the game, and that's talked about like ten years from now. Like that, yeah, that time that that actor brought his dog on stage for no reason. Yeah, so let's let's just break this out though. Okay, he's no Keanu. He um, Ubisoft is no no um, Project CD Red, and. I'm sorry, Cyberpunk is is light years as far as I'm concerned ahead of what this Ghost Recon game is going to be. I feel like we get 17 new Tom Clancy games every year. Cyberpunk's going to be like that game of a generation. So, that's just my that's just my two cents on it and and give me Keanu any day over uh Mr. Walking Dead here. I agree. But I'm not going to play this game at all. <laughs> All right. You can hand me a free copy. I probably wouldn't blow it. <laughs> the uh, the next one was kind of a surprise to me. Rainbow Six Quarantine. 
So this game is actually spawned off of a a time limited time based mode in Rainbow Six Siege that happened, and so now Ubisoft has teased this Rainbow Six game a co op experience slated for release early next year. It's called Quarantine and is described as a squad-based survival first-person shooter that's being created by a brand-new team at Ubisoft Montreal Studios. So, And this is literally only, only PvE. So Interesting. Yeah, and they show like a cool clip and there's like a parasite or alien like infestation that's happening and you kind of see this guy that's on the ground and it's starting to like infect his arm and he's got this weird bracelet on that's that's fighting it and trying to um, overcome the infection and it ends with like your team picking you up and, and getting you back on your feet but it looked really cool. I'm not a big Rainbow Six Siege player because it's super competitive and I'm just not I'm not good at it, so I don't play it a lot. But I like Rainbow Six. So the fact that I can get into a game that's Rainbow Six Quarantine that is more of that idea of like, hey, just team up with a couple of your buddies and have fun against AI, that's more up my alley when it comes to if I was going to play a Rainbow Six franchise game. Yeah, you know, I distinctly remember being about 10 years old and my brother had the original Rainbow Six on PC. I booted up one time and couldn't figure out how to play it. Told myself I was never going to play Rainbow Six again. I have not ever touched a Rainbow Six game since. Yeah, and this, but you and you talked to me today about like this might be that that Rainbow Six game I play. It at least looks remotely interesting. Yeah. I I might rather stare at the walls than play a Rainbow Six game. So uh, at least at least this one. And again, part of it's like I'm, I'm not into like the tactical aspects of playing. You know, like I never did SOCOM. I never did that kind of shooter. So at least them have this being a team based thing with a. Uh, you know, some monsters to attack is at least remotely up my alley. So, you know, good job, Ubisoft, you know, kind of taking your franchise, uh, you know, outside of its regular box to hopefully find some new fans because maybe you will with me. Yeah. Um, okay. Next up was this is my problem that I had with, uh, with, the sh- with their presentation and a problem I'm having with the industry right now, and that is Ubisoft is launching its own PC subscription service. So... Another PC subscription service, Ubisoft unveiled UPlay Plus. Hundred Ubisoft, over a hundred Ubisoft titles, including DLC, launching September third, and it's only going to cost you fourteen ninety nine per <laughs> month. I think I'd pay maybe the maximum of two dollars and ninety nine cents a month. So I have to play Ubisoft. Yeah, games. I have. Big problems with this. First of all, the <laughs> price point is way too aggressive. Like fifteen dollars a month for Ubisoft. <laughs> Most of your games aren't I, even that good. I pay nine ninety nine a month for Game Pass, and I get everything, including third parties, including Ubisoft games. Sometimes, so I'm just kind of like, where did you get fifteen bucks a month? And you thought that was a good idea because the last time I checked. Like a lot of the other services out there are all like nine ninety nine. That seems to be the sweet spot. The thing is, you can on average buy a, most of the games that are on here. You can buy a lot of them for like. 
twelve dollars and yeah, just own true, it. True, true. You know, outside like yeah, Division Two is on here. You know, there's some some more current games, but well, any of their used games you can go pick up for fifteen dollars or less. Why wouldn't you just buy one game a month for a year and have twelve games? And that's their big that's their big push is that new new games will be included. So Ghost Ghost Recon is going to be included, and you know, and so. Um, it's similar to Game Pass, where day one release you're going to have it if you're part of this UPlay Plus. That's a good value. Though, my so problem right. though is this is fifteen dollars, and and so then that leads me to my next point is that the saturation of these services, you know, of these of these subscription services, is we're we're past the 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 breaking point. Like the bubble, I have no idea how it hasn't burst yet because when you start adding in Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Uplay Plus, Game Pass, PlayStation View, PlayStation Now, uh, Orion, um, what is it, EA Orion? Is that it? Not Orion, it's uh, Origin. Um, everybody. I've got Disney coming out here in just, in just a short while where we're going to have that. It's just too much. Like at this point, we're getting that, that saturation point where – People are just going to say enough is enough. And I felt like we watched this bubble kind of burst in certain ways with like Loot Box. Remember like we used to, Loot Crate, we used to like, I loved Loot Crate. And then it was like, oh, and I need the Marvel, <laughs> I need the Marvel Master Corp box. I need the Star Wars box. So, and I had like three mystery boxes showing up to my house. And then it finally hit that point where I'm like, this is dumb. And I canceled them all. I, uh, I, I got like four months of Loot Boxes because I kept forgetting to like unsubscribe. And after like, the third one, I was like, you know, you could just put a, a box of dog feces at my doorstep <laughs> and be about as valuable as the things I'm getting in this loot box. Like, some of the stuff that was coming to that was terrible. Yeah, no, you're right. The value is definitely Because the there. first one, I got a Funko Pop. I got that Batman-Joker hybrid Funko Pop, and I was like, oh, this is actually a really cool yeah. vinyl. And then everything after that was, like, T-shirts for shows, like, cartoons I never watched, yeah. and, like, sunglasses. Like, I, I wear prescription glasses. Well, I don't need sunglasses. It was, like... It was terrible, but, and the same thing's happening with these services. Yeah, so the, now we're getting these services where everybody wants to make their own buck. That's what it is, right? Ubisoft has offered their games into these other services, but now they want to like pull them back, just like Disney's pulling back and taking things away from Netflix and trying to do their own thing. It's just like it's too much for the consumer, though. Like, I I can look at it for certain people and say, okay, let's say I buy one full price video game per month. That me instead of buying that one video game per month, I could then build up services that equal sixty dollars a month, and and be the same. Except now I get unlimited, like not unlimited, but uh, like hundreds of video games instead of one video game. That's how I could look at it. So for me, when I look at it, I go, and it's still tough to sit there and say I'd be willing to spend sixty dollars a month. But if I could sacrifice one game purchase per month. And replace that with service subscription service instead. The value is there, but there's no ownership. And I guess like if you don't care about that, which we're moving into that world of like I don't need a physical copy of the game, just like music, just like movies, like it's it's happening. Um, then I think that's my breaking point. And when you look at okay, technically I'm paying fifteen dollars a month for Xbox. I know I converted stuff just recently. I got that great deal because of E3. But if it if it was here now today and I wanted X and I wanted Game Pass Ultimate, $14.99 a month. And then I got Ubisoft at $14.99 a month. I'm at 30 bucks already with those two services. And I'm at $14.99 a month for Netflix because I have the 4K package or whatever. You know, like 
I, I, there's three services there that, and I'm almost, and I'm almost at my breaking point. I'm kind of already at a breaking point when I think about that. Like that's 15 bucks, you know, and that that's 15 bucks. That's 15 bucks. You start to feel nickel and dimed in a negative way. We're nickel and nickel and diming here and there has worked for these companies because you don't think about it. Now I'm thinking about it. Now I'm like, oh well, do I want, do I want Ubisoft or do I want, you know. Netflix 4K. Do I want Netflix 4K or do I want Game Pass? Do I want Game Pass or do I need PlayStation Now? And then we aren't even talking about Stadia yet. Yeah. Because there's cost to that too. And uh, the one thing that we didn't mention is that uh, Ubisoft did say they're teaming up with Stadia. So we don't know how it's going to work yet. We don't know if it's one of those things like, yeah, I got to pay for both because you probably do. Um, but it's playable on Stadia, so it just gives you that option of using that platform. So so let me at least throw this down, something for you to sort of mull over and ponder as we've sort of deviated talking about the growing subscription services in the gaming industry. If we took... Now, let's let's uh, for the sake of the conversation, you didn't buy the really expensive version of Fallout 76. But if we took Fallout 76, we took Rage, and then we just lumped in, I don't know, three other games that you've bought in the last six months that you played, you thought they were okay, and you put down and you might never pick up again. If you invested a quarter of that money into a year's worth of subscription services, You'd be out less money long term because if you only put six hours into a game, decide it's not for you. You're not really out anything. You can move on to playing the next game on that subscription service. I mean, yes, that is one way to look at it. And the problem with Rage and Fallout 76 is that Bethesda sells their games. They don't give you that Correct. service. Correct. I'm, I'm using it hypothetically. But, but the thing about the other and, – and so the other way to look at it is there's two things about it that I look at it. And that is – if I have services, I mean, how many times have you logged into Netflix? And maybe you're not like me, but you've logged into Netflix and you have no idea what to watch. Because the problem is that there's so much to watch. Ooh. You almost feel overwhelmed. <laughs> My problem with logging into Netflix, I'm like, man, all this looks awful. Like, it's getting bad. And That's so, true. So That's I'll flip through Amazon Prime, Netflix, and Hulu, and still just watch, end up watching idiotic pro wrestling on the WWE Network. Right. Like I, like I have the problem where I have a hard time finding something that's going to hold my attention for thirty minutes to an hour. Yeah, and so for me, it's that concept of I go in there and I'm like, I want to find something different, but then I find too much stuff, and I go, I don't know what I want to watch. I don't know what I want to commit to. I'm, and and then I end up just watching another uh, another episode of The Office that I've watched eight hundred times. You end up with Slobby's World. Yeah, and and Slobby's World, thanks to you. But, um, but for me, that that's one thing that I worry about because I ha I've had Game Pass for a while, and I find myself not using Game Pass because I go to Game Pass and I go, well, what do I want to download? What do I want to actually download and invest my time into? With Rage, I bought it. Like <laughs> here it is, put it yeah. in your system and play it. My my train of thought does go more in line with yours, and we've talked way too many times on this show about how I've really scaled back. Not that I ever bought a lot of games. I've really scaled them back because I'm content with playing the things I own because I still feel like I own so much I haven't played enough of it. And to enforce your idea of 
Game Pass maybe being overwhelming or these subscription services, there's so many different games to play. When I hook up my Raspberry Pi with 2,000 games on it, guess what I do? I play 10 minutes, die three times, onto the next game. Oh, that game kind of yep. sucks. Onto the next game. And I popcorn around so fast that it's like having gaming ADD that I can't sit down and focus and actually relax and enjoy a game. I actually get stressed doing yep. it. And uh, I, could, I could see that happening with one of these uh, more premium subscription services. It, it doesn't really play into the way... I like to play games, but it could be a good value. Yeah, and other people, you know, may not be like that. They they might enjoy this, but for me, I um, I find myself having that problem. And I also the second part to that is like I've been I've been trashing Rage a lot uh, on the show, but you know the game got a good got a good review score, and people are enjoying the game because there is something there. And I feel like because I own it. I'm going to end up giving it another try because I own it. If I if I if that was just a subscription, I would have uninstalled it already and just moved on with my life and probably never gone back to it. So like there is that fact the matter of like giving a game a second chance or giving a game an actual like real good tr- like attempt um I don't know. There's something with subscription based again where they it doesn't get that. So like even great games like Forza Horizon 4, it's a good game. I like racing games. But because I know I can download it anytime I need it, and I'm not worried about it, I I like throw it into the back of my mind, and I'm, I've never really put the time into it that maybe I really, that that I kind of wanted to. And Crackdown Three, game that I wanted to try, you know, got bad reviews, but I'm a big Crackdown fan because it's sitting there on Game Pass. I'm like, hey, it'll be there, it'll be there, it'll be there, and I've never gotten to it. I'm really trying to think hard of the last time I put any actual time into a PlayStation Plus game. Just a free game that's handed to me. Rocket League. That's it. But yeah, but my thing is, is I paid for that. Oh, okay, Transformers yeah. Devastation. I'm sure there ha- like that was like two years ago. Uh, but like I tried playing. Was it like steep or amped or like? Well, yep. it was, like so did I. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I put a few minutes into it and then I, I stopped. <laughs> but you know, there's been a few. You know, but you download try, them, dry them, and then you know, bail on it. But I'm trying. But I still have that mindset where I have this big library of PlayStation Plus games to look at them and go. Mm, Bro, no force wasn't that one. Yeah, but that was like the f- second month I had PlayStation Plus. That was years ago. I'm saying I know you put time into it. I love that game. So i yeah, but that's the problem is that, and this is something that, uh, and we're we're jump we're definitely stretching outside of what the the topic here a little bit. But I do want to make this note is that we've read articles and we've talked to people about the the what happens when your game becomes one of those games where it's free to play. Or or you or it becomes part of a service is that it devalues the game right because the second it comes off of there, I've had like we've had people in our community where I'm like, hey man, go buy Rocket League. We love this game. We play it all the time. And they're like, wasn't that free like you know a, a couple of years ago? And I was like, well yeah, but you didn't download it. He's like, oh well, I'm not paying for it now. Like it that game has no value to those people because they knew it was free at one point. And so like. That when you, when you factor that idea into a service where it's like I'm paying ten bucks, it's like I can when I'm when I look at it, I go, I have a hundred video games that I paid ten bucks to have access to. They have no value to me at that point. I only am going to play what I absolutely want to play. And when I look at this list, they'll be like, Yeah, I'll play that someday. Yeah, I'll play that someday. But but then do I ever play it? And when you times that by 10 services it's at that point you sit back and go the amount of content intake for one person is is 
impossible. So now all of a sudden, if I sit down with my wife and I start watching, you know, a TV show or, or a Netflix original, then my value of Ubisoft and Game Pass and all this stuff starts going down because of this, because I put my time in this other service. So it's not just the fact that it's like, oh, it's only 10 bucks. It's the fact that like I'm over here on my other $10 service using it, which then makes that even more of a waste of money yeah. per month. Yeah, that's that's a very good way to look at it. And it's, it's something that I think a lot of gamers and content consumers, we're going to have to think about moving forward, that every time you add one of those services to your stable of entertainment, it is devaluing. You are getting less of your money's worth out of that other one that you're then not using. Yep. I use Netflix less because I also have Hulu and Amazon Prime. Yep. So, But if I only had the one, it makes that $12 a month or whatever that much more worth it. So, yep. um, I don't know. G- good deviation, but... Uh, and we'd love to talk more about this in our GameZilla channel in our Discord. So, uh, you know, the subscription service conversation, great to have there. But, Grim, I know you still have more Ubisoft stuff you want to cover. And I loved our I loved yeah. our deviation here. <laughs> Sometimes we go on tangents. This was a really good one that I'm, I'm hoping everyone listening to this show is engaged with. Yeah. But we got to get back to Ubisoft. Yeah, let's get back into it. So um, something that they left out of this article that we're using, which I was surprised, is the Division 2 talk. So I'm just going to pull it off the top of my head. And uh, Division 2 obviously had some time here. The game's already out. The people are loving it. You By now you know I'm not in love with it, and I don't know why. Like, I have nothing against the game. I know it's a good game. I just can't seem to wrap my head around it and, and not fall asleep while I'm playing it um but they did spark my interest and they started to lay out season one of these new chapters you know chapter one they're calling it or sorry episode one and episode two is was what we got to see and then we heard about episode three but episode one is kind of like what we're in right now and we're seeing that we're going to leave washington dc we're going to go to the outskirts of, of washington around washington dc and we're going to be going to places like the national zoo a college campus yeah. you know things like that where it was like oh this looks really cool and they're telling you the story like you're going to the zoo because you got to go take down the, the last surviving um you know terrorist of this faction and you know they talk about things like that um they talk about going to the pentagon which is something cool and they tell you the whole story about how you're going to the pentagon to take on this force that has broken in there and they're trying to steal like super sensitive data and you have to go save the data things like that really cool i was like all of those stories interest me more than like the main story of division two when it launched and that, i think that for me is what could suck me back in and actually make me put more time into this game but then they go into episode three which is technically way out there still okay and so we didn't have gameplay but we had a cinematic uh, a cinematic trailer and it was like basically the comment was like we have to go you know you're never prepared to do this you you're never prepared to go take down somebody that used to be on your side and you're like, whoa, that's, this sounds like an agent, you know, a, a, a division agent has gone rogue. And so the, you, you're on a beach, what it looks like, and you, you, know, you kind of turn the corner, you end up taking out a flamethrower guy, you're seeing some seagulls, and then it pans. And you see like a, just a broken down like little amusement park, and behind it is New York City. 
And you're like, oh, man, we're going back to New York. Yeah. And so, like, so many questions start running through my head because Division One was where I did love. I love Division One, So I'm going back. I'm like, oh, are they going to... Are they using the same map, or is it just a small section? Or like, like what's going on? Why am I back in? Why are we back in New York? You know, so um, it, it was a good, just a good tease and a good and some good cinematics and really a good job at laying out the future of the division, right? And, and year one, year two of of Division Two, and so. This was something. This is that example for that that game as a service, that uh, the loot shooter, the the, the Destiny twos, and, and those styles of games that have stumbled. Division seems to really have found their footing, and they just keep on trucking along, and they keep landing this DLC that looks interesting, and they're delivering it their message in a way where anybody that's watching it goes, "That looks interesting. I kind of want to try this game." And they are opening up the Division 2 for a weekend. I believe it is... Oh, man. The th- God, I forgot. But it's like... When is it? Because I'm actually interested. I've been I've been interested in Division since the first one. Since okay. I came over and watched you play it one time. Yeah, it's this weekend. It's this coming weekend. Not so. going to work for me. Yeah, yeah you'd be camping. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and see, seeing this trailer, seeing what the Division has had to offer, I, I, I passed on the Division 2. To get into Anthem, and then I didn't buy Anthem. Yeah, Anthem, another one of those examples of just doing it the wrong way. And I, you know, I kind of wish I would have played Division Two. And I know there's there's still time for me to get in because yeah. I I know at least one of our good friends who all I have to say is I'm playing the Division, and he'll probably shut down his entire life to teach me how to play the game. Yeah. Well, the good <laughs> and the good news is that I didn't get into it the way I thought I was going to. Yeah. So you have someone else that would play with you that isn't a level you know a max level character that's yeah. just running around killing everything in one shot. I'm still very low level, and I just start a new. I actually have a character that's like a level three that I like. I like the look of him more than my original character because he 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 looks like you. Oh, yeah. People call me Seth Rogen. I was like, no, I'm Deadite. I feel honored. Yeah, because everybody calls you Seth Rogen. I was like, get it right though. It's not Seth Rogen. Man, I I can't walk past like people outside a fast food restaurant <laughs> without them be like Seth Rogen. Like, okay, okay, guys, take it easy. All right, so um, with that, they also mentioned the Division movie is headed to Netflix. So they're working with Netflix for the Division movie. That kind of answers some uh, some more of this. Uh, so Jake Gyllenhaal is still the lead in the film, and um, they basically just let us know that the film is coming to Netflix. No release date yet or anything, but that's who they're working with. So That's probably going to be I'm, good. I'm I... kind of way more okay with this now because, like, when you think of, like, Assassin's Creed, which was in the theaters, you think about Prince of Persia way back then. Like the, Also with Jake Gyllenhaal, my yeah, man. <laughs> there's just not a good track record for video game movies, and the fact that, like, instead you're going to take it to Netflix, which can produce a very high-level product, but it's not that you're not, you're not under the same microscope as, you know... This hundred million dollar movie budget that it's, that hit the theater and bombed. It's totally different to me when a movie drops on Netflix that cost me no additional money than what I'm already paying. Like, oh, let's say let's say this division movie is going to drop on a Friday. I'm just going to make my Friday plans to sit on my couch and watch this movie. The standards are way lower. It just has to be entertaining enough because I didn't leave my house. Yeah. I didn't shell out twenty dollars, you know, for a movie and popcorn. So. 
if as long as I can sit through the two hour movie and go, wow, that was fun, then it's it's a home run, you know. So I'm looking forward to that movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. So the, we got that that news, and then we moved into probably the most random, odd announcement uh, for the entire show, and that is the um, the new multiplayer game coming from Ubisoft called Roller Derby. Roller Champions, isn't it? Oh yeah, Roller Champions, which is a roller derby game. Sorry. It looks roller right champions. up my alley. It does look up like your disc alley. Like Jam, like Rocket League. It's like a fictional, futuristic sports game. You know what I wanted to play that? I never played that, like that Laser League. Wasn't that free on PS Plus? Yeah, yeah. I might have missed that one. Yep, you, you missed out. But Roller Champions is a roller derby game with a futuristic vibe, and it will be free to play when it launches. So, I don't know. It looks... It, it, it looks interesting. I'm sure it pr- could be fun, just the arcade-style sports game. And it is Ubisoft's kind of, like, move into... Well, they have, like, Steep and stuff like that, but this is a... Don't talk about Steep. This man. is Yeah, I mean, this is kind of their move into that arcade um, sports game that they don't really have a ton uh, invested into. So it looks fun. The art style looks cool. And um, I don't know. We'll find out more about it, but it's just, it looks goofy. It, it was unexpected and didn't really fit into anything that I ever really expect coming out of Ubisoft. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, it literally is the game I'm the most likely to play out of anything shown <laughs> on by Ubisoft. All right. And then, so the last thing that they had to announce, and, and we may have skipped over some things like Just Dance and stuff because we're, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Um, there's another Just Dance coming out. And it's coming to the Wii! No, literally, the Just Dance 2020 is coming to the Nintendo Wii. It's not a joke. He's actually telling the truth. It's not coming to the Wii U, but it is coming to the Nintendo Wii here in 2019. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild to think that, but Just Dance has has a very big uh, market when it comes to the Wii, and a lot of them were sold, and so they believe they can still sell a ton of copies on the Wii, which makes sense, I guess. But, um, yeah, anyways, Just Dance, coming out with a new game. The last thing that we wanted to talk about with Ubisoft, which was um, a brand-new IP that they wanted to uh, spend some time and talk about the team behind Assassin's Creed Odyssey is working on. And so we got to get a glimpse of gods and monsters. And right away when they like paint the world and then you start zooming in, it's, I, I instantly got that feel of Zelda. I just got that feel of like just like that, that cell-shaded, For beautiful, sure. just, you know, and you're looking at the countryside and water and just the greens are lush and it's very pretty. And, you know, they're going on to talk about how it explores Greek history and it's, uh, and basically it, it goes... When, when man, the person even has a blue glowing sword. They do, yeah, very, very Zelda esque. But the um, the big thing they go on to say is like, I think the lines are something like, when when humans need help, they call they call the gods or whatever, and then when gods need help, they call you. And it shows this female kind of Valkyrie looking, you know, human that has a sword and a really cool like uh, Greek Spartan style helmet almost. And then she's standing on a cliff, and this this like griffin style bird thing just kind of flies up and starts attacking her, and she just you know 
beats it to the ground and you kind of get a slight glimpse that this might be like an like a platforming hack and slash uh, action adventure game or whatever but that's about it but here's the kicker we've never i've never really heard about this game we just saw the world premiere cinematic trailer of it and then they go and drop a february 25th 2020 release date not that far away so we can expect to probably see a lot more about this game maybe here at E3 but especially not you know shortly after. I caught something that I don't know if you caught. It's coming to the Switch. I did not catch that, but I believe it off that art style again that it fits it, you know it's not something that's a hot, super high demand for processing power. Yeah. So yeah, then that's great. I mean that the art style alone I feel like I probably would side towards picking this up on the Switch then. Mm-hmm. But this did look interesting. I, I do like the whole, um, you know, God mythology um, stuff with I've enjoyed God of War and I've enjoyed other games like that have included these uh, these characters or these these this lore. And um, so I'm definitely interested in to find out more about the game and the art style already has me uh, won over as a fan. So once I start to see some actual gameplay, um, you know, this this could be really cool. And so this was one of those games, like like we've talked about, there are not many of them at the C3, but here are a couple that were just uh, kind of a surprise to us. And, yeah. and a nice. this was a nice way for them to close out their show with kind of like a flash of something new. And, um, you know, Ubisoft, like I said, they did okay. It was just, just okay. I don't think anything blew me away. I didn't like the price points of, of some of their uh, services. And overall... Is yeah, yeah, you got through. You, you made it. You made it through class. I'm gonna give you a passing grade, but you know, you're you're definitely not an all star. I mean, you were present. You get your attendance points. Exactly. That, that's the way I look at you it. You beat Sony, so congratulations. You showed up. So, <laughs> but that was Ubisoft, and that's our coverage for our off day from the big boys, um, where we were covering Bethesda, Devolver Digital, and Ubisoft's E3 presentations and announcements. You know, we always want to hear what you have to say. So join the Discord. Go to gameslowmedia.com, click on that Discord button, talk with gamers from around the world every day for free. That's where we're talking E3 all the time right now. I mean, it's like I wake up, there's already E3 talk. I go to bed, there's E3 talk that I have to catch up on the next morning. So there's plenty of conversation going on. So jump on in there and let's uh, let's see what you're most excited about or what you're disappointed about, whatever it is you want to focus on. What else we got? I mean... Other podcasts, I guess? We have some other podcasts. Maybe if you want to listen to them. You know, you, you can listen to them, <laughs> but... You know, we need to take a, a brief moment. You know, the GameZilla uh, Discord is in uh, is slightly in mourning. I've been teabagged thousands was, of times. That was totally the button I meant to hit. This Saturday, <laughs> oh, this Saturday, I woke up early, seven fifteen. I was down in my living room playing Jurassic World Evolution because I had to meet up with Grimlock and Chops to go garage sailing, looking for video games. Bright and early. We had to meet at 8.15. At five minutes to eight, I'm about to leave my house. A giant tornado comes ripping through Isla Sorna. Ethan Lasorna. And tragically breaks through my fence. <laughs> releases my Spinosaurus named Lenny. Lenny. 
And then it, the tornado rips through the raptor pen. The raptors were fine. The tornado didn't kill them. The raptors went on exploring, looking for some guests of my park to eat. And Lenny murdered them all. He just scooped them up in his mouth and he chomped those raptors to death. You can't blame Lenny. He's, a, he's the apex predator on Isla Sorna. But those raptors, they didn't even know. They didn't even know. They didn't even know Lenny existed. They couldn't even see him from their pen. I showed up for for the garage sailing, and and all I I walk into to the Looney Bakery where we were having a coffee in the morning, and I just see chops there, just arm around you, telling you it's going to be okay, and I'm like, what happened? And all and, and you couldn't even speak. It's like they're gone. They're all gone. Damn it, lady, they're gone. And I'm like, what, what the hell's going on? Guys? <laughs> you beautiful monster. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. Uh, so, I was late to breakfast because yeah. I had to get my park under control. And we were late to the grad sales because we had to, you know, go have a ceremony for, for our, the raptors. Yeah. What were the raptors' names? You know, I uh, I only name a few dinosaurs here and there. Oh. I didn't name any of my raptors. So they, they were, were they oh, were they oh, were young. Oh. oh, never mind. They were worthless. They then. were no one young. Cared. I hadn't even named the raptors. I got no pity for you anymore. How do you not name your raptors? It's Lenny or nothing, man. All I know is Listen, I Grim, thought you, you were really upset, and now I realize you don't even care because your raptors weren't even named. You know, I have no idea. Raptor how- one, raptor two. You can't name the raptors. You can't get attached to them because what happens is they get loose, they take down your entire park, and then you have to trank and sell them before your park goes bankrupt. You can't get attached to raptors. You'd know that if you played Jurassic World Evolution like I, I could do. Get tra- <laughs> I could get attached to raptors if I want to. You don't tell me how to run my dinosaur island. I'm damn well telling you how to run your dinosaur island because you ran it wrong. Name your raptors. Then I maybe I'd have some pity for you. You can't sit there and cry crocodile tears when you don't even name your raptors, and then you just tell me you can't get attached to raptors. They ruin everything. You should have praised Lenny and gave him a fucking parade then. You know what? I'm going to have a Lenny parade. <laughs> I'll do it. What'd you do to Lenny? You still have them, don't you? Yeah. You son of a bitch. One, one, Spinosaurus are very expensive to make. <laughs> Two... He's a wonderful creature. I bred him to live longer because he because Doug died. Doug was the name of my <laughs> first Spinosaurus. He died of old age. Doug? I named him Doug after our friend Doug. Okay. All right. I named this one Lenny because he was real white, like Lenny knew, from The Simpsons. If you knew anything about our friend Doug, you would have named your Triceratops Doug. Yeah. I don't have don't. Triceratops in this park. You're fucking up again. I have Stegosaurus in this park. Eh, they're okay. I'm not going to say they're bad, but, but Triceratops, come on. Anyways, but Lenny is back in his pen, chilling with the, the Lenny should have been euthanized. That's all, I'm not gonna sell you. First off, you can't euthanize you. You sell the dinosaurs. You to the can't black euthanize. Market. Them. You sell them to the black market. So you can let dinosaurs eat your people in the park, but you can't euthanize the dinosaur. I, uh, you have to keep a lawsuit budget. That's not true, but there's a lawsuit <laughs> budget. <laughs> it just comes out of your main budget. <laughs> it tells you how much you get sued every month. Damn it! Am I gonna start playing this game? Jesus! It's, it's honestly, honestly. It's a wonderful game. I, I don't know. This is this is this is Storm, Storm Burglar on Twitch says spare no expense. I I spare very little expense, and I'm not going to euthanize my Did you make more raptors. <sighs> not yet. <laughs> See, no, this, no, 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 no. There's no sadness here. I've only had like 20 more minutes to play the game since the raptors. That's died. 20 minutes to make raptors. The problem here's the problem. <laughs> I had a raptor breeding facility where I'd breed carnivores and move them into other exhibits because if you breed the carnivores together, they'll kill each other. 
case in point when Lenny met the Raptors. <laughs> um, I bred the Raptors. I moved them in with the Chronosaur that they were going to live with, who's a larger predator, but they, they can all jive. They can all be cool. Um, and what ended up happening is I'm like, okay, put them all over there. Oh, I need to destroy this carnivore facility to make room for my next uh, mission, which was to build a giant herbivore enclosure with multiple species. And so I just destroy the carnivore breeding area. And then the tornado came and I was like, oh, no, I need more raptors. <laughs> I don't Man. have a place to grow them right now. Man, disappointing. <sighs> So yeah, Jurassic World Evolution, I'm back on that. And that was your gaming moment of the week. Yeah, I played that for four, four and a half hours on Friday night, and then I got up at 7.15 in the morning. I gotta play before I leave the house. Yeah, not not me. I, I woke up late and got there late and then garage sailed. So I didn't have to worry about all my dinosaurs dying. You don't have dinosaurs. You don't know that. Maybe I'm just offline hiding from you. That's not true. You're right. I don't play it. Anyways. You're going to go download it after the show. Anyways, <laughs> you can listen to all of our other great podcasts. You can find everything at gamesillamedia.com. All of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, wherever it is you like to listen to podcasts. We are there. Just simply search Gamesilla Media or the name of the show that you like to listen to. You will find us. Please hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Hit that heart button. Whatever it is. Give us five stars. Leave a review. It helps us so much. We appreciate it. This has been our E3 coverage. We will continue our E3 coverage tomorrow with some Nintendo news going down. And, uh, you know, you can always, uh, always catch us live on twitch.tv slash gamesillamedia or over on facebook.com slash grimthedino. That's where we are live normally every Monday night at 7 p.m. Anything else you want to plug? Our blog, our YouTube? Craig WK going off on the blog, dropping all the hottest and latest trailers that are being shown off here at E3. Gamesillamedia.com is a Best, the best choice you have for getting up to date and uh, quick hits of all of the E3 news. So make sure you stop by there, you know, check the blogs out. And of course, we have other podcasts, as Grim mentioned, Legend of Retro, Noiseland Arcade, Last Action Podcast. Uh, go ahead and listen to uh, all the dragons. Don't listen to that one. Once, once I was on the show, the show peaked. That, that's true. You're I was not wrong. I was on it. It peaked. But yeah, go to GameZillaMedia.com, listen to all the great podcasts, and stick with us for all your E3 news. All right, buddy, thanks for hanging out on episode 264 of the GameZilla Podcast. We will catch you tomorrow, and uh, remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on.